For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is Center Court with Hall of Fame basketball player Ralph Sampson. I look at the quarterback situation and I can see some of the things I'm sure that they saw in San Francisco early in Joe Montana's career. Don Mikowski could be that type of player. Everything changed on September 20th, 1992. And Mikowski is down and hurting, Max. He is hurting. Somehow he got his leg twisted and he is hurting. When he went down, I was up in the press box going, oh my God, because he was our guy. No one looked better in a football uniform than Don Mikowski. He had the long blonde hair going, always had the really nice wristbands, his socks were pulled up perfectly. I actually have video footage of him when he was probably 12, kind of adjusting his hair and his uniform. It's kind of like Charlie Sheen's character in Major League. Center Court is presented by the Winner's Circle Network in conjunction with the Sampson Family Foundation, striving to uplift, empower, and educate the communities we live in. Now here's Ralph and your host, Mac McDonald. Welcome into Center Court on the Winter Circle Network. And man, fall is in the air. I remember Kirk Gowdy used to say, as balmy summer turns to breezy fall, with the college football weekend kind of kicks off the leaves changing, Ralph. And uh, you get you get up for college football weekends, don't you? Yeah, Mac, I get up for college football weekends. You know, you said balmy summer. We, we've had a balmy summer with this whole August weather and it's been crazy hot. And now with all this rain and stuff going on on the East Coast, it's kind of crazy as well. But I always look forward to September because my body will start adjusting to the fall <laughs> weather because it, it'll know it's basketball time is around the corner. Yeah. So I'll be excited. Like, I, I can feel the leaves changing. I can feel the weather changing, you know, when it starts to happen totally and then my body will react and like, oh, it's time to play basketball again, but I don't play anymore. So we know that. Yeah. September was a workout month for the basketball guys, you know, for the cagers. You started yes. to get down and dirty in uh, in September. So uh, that makes some sense. Hey, really looking forward to our guest today. Uh, Don Mikowski has been a, a longtime friend, but his story is um, is pretty good. Uh, what he did at Virginia, then what he did at Green Bay, and the way his career ended. And the way his career ended when he sprained his ankle, well, it was a broken ankle in 1992. It opened up a door for a guy by the name of Brett Favre <laughs> who played in every game until 07. So uh, that the story is the story is very interesting and his insights are very, very interesting. But I'm I'm really looking forward to talking to a guy that you knew from school, right? Did you guys did you guys see each other at school? I mean, you were two pretty big superstars. Yeah, we I mean, obviously at the University Hall in the weight room, we saw each other all the time. I mean with a hardworking, you know, guy, fun-loving guys, very spirited, excited. So, I mean, you knew on the football field, like, I mean, the football team wasn't all that great, 
but you knew he was going to do some great things when he was on the field because he would move and shift and fall back and pass and try to create something out of nothing, right? And so his career was evolved to that. And then in Green Bay, obviously, you know, this thing, if that ankle injury wouldn't have happened, Brett Favre may, be, may not be Brett Favre. Yeah, because things started to turn in 83 after you left. The football team went six and five under a good friend of ours named Wayne Schutz, who's in Miami yeah. with the Orange Bowl committee. And then in 84, uh, do I dare say the magical year, but that was the first ever Virginia Bowl game. And it was led by uh, Donnie Mikowski and some, uh, there were some big plays and a lot of stuff that happened. And Donnie just, again, he had Ralph. And I know you played with some basketball guys that had swagger. There is nobody. No, 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 no. He, yeah, he got yeah, He got swag on top of swag from that standpoint. He, I mean, he, and he'll tell you, he, you know, he used to be that way. So I'm looking forward to this interview for sure. But swagger on top of swagger. I got to remember Swagger on that. top of swagger. Yeah. All right, super. All right, we'll go to break. We'll come back. Number one at Virginia. He switched to number seven with Green Bay, but he is Donnie Mikowski, and we'll talk to him when we come back. This is Center Court on the Winter Circle Network. The mission for the Samson Family Foundation is simple. We strive to uplift, empower, and educate the communities we live in. The foundation promotes charitable and community input, educational development, health and fitness, and scholarship opportunities. The Samson Family Foundation's initiatives focus on patients with cancer, educational scholarship programs, and give students guidance in science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. The Samson Family Foundation encourages limitless possibilities. Your financial support is tax deductible. To learn more, call 540-615-5097. The website is samsonfamilyfoundation.org. Uplift. Empower. Educate. It takes teamwork to make the dream work. From the 30-yard line, a first and 15 forever. Eye formation. Price is left. Griffin is to the right side. A tight end on the near side. Cavs showing blitz. Everett wants to throw. Looks. Fires. And it's going to be intercepted by Ray Daly, I believe. Daly got it at the... You're listening to Center Court with Hall of Fame basketball player Ralph Sampson. Once again, here's Ralph and Mac. Welcome into Center Court on the Winter Circle Network. And uh, Ralph and I were just talking about our guest. And here's a guy who became a starter, I think, somewhere in that 83 year when Wayne Schutz was the starter at Virginia, 84 full time in that magical year, which we'll talk about. Uh, he wore number one and he was number one in everybody's hearts. And so, Ralph, after <laughs> you were the big man on campus, you know, at, on the grounds. Well, this guy became big man uh, on the grounds, too, and especially with that year in 1984. Former Green Bay Packer. He's in the Packer Hall of Fame and uh, was, you know, a Pro Bowl guy and had a couple of great years, which we'll, we'll get into. Donnie Mikowski is our guest live from uh, just outside Atlanta. So, Magic, it's great to talk to you. How's everything in the Mikowski household? I'll tell you what, it, it's not bad. Uh, I, I, and first of all, I just want to say it's it's an honor, pleasure to join you guys. I uh, haven't, you know, haven't talked to you in a long time, Mac, professionally. Mm -hmm. I mean, we, you know, we keep in touch a little bit mm -hmm. cell phone wise, but man, I missed uh, hanging out with you, talking to you and, and of course, Sticks, man, it's always an honor. 
That's my man. He was used to be my neighbor for quite a while, man. Yeah, haven't, yeah, exactly. Yeah, haven't yeah. seen him. We lived in the same neighborhood, man. So I haven't seen him for a while. Were there yeah. any nights on the corner, Ralph, uh, that we can talk about <laughs> you and uh, Magic? No, no, what, 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 as they as they say, what goes on stays stays there. You don't talk yeah, about yeah, 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 stays yeah, there. What goes on at yeah. the corner? Exactly. 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 Yeah, we had to, yeah, exactly. You know, all the curiosity when you when we saw this, you know, number one football player run across the in the backfield throwing passes behind his back and all kinds of crazy stuff. <laughs> How did the name Magic start? Because, you know, before there was a, a, a Magic Johnson and all that kind yeah. of stuff that was hyped up, there was you. So how yeah. did that how did that come to fruition? You know, when I uh actually before the year before I came to UBA, I had to go uh, I didn't have I didn't get a scholarship offer. I got hurt my senior year in high school. So I had to attend Fork Union Military Academy, which was uh, you know, right outside yeah. of Charlottesville. And when I went there, man, I'm, I'm from Buffalo, New York, and I came down a little bit from South. And, uh, you know, there wasn't, Virginians didn't know how to pronounce these Polish names properly. So everybody was calling me Magikowski, Magikowski. Yeah. And, uh, I just said, man, we'll start calling you Magic for short, you know? And, and that's how it came about. It really, really came about in Fork Union. And then when I came over to Virginia, uh, I guess, uh, you know, the, one of the football coaches, Tony Whittlesey, who recruited me, I guess he, he, he heard the nickname. And, you know, when I came to UVA, it just, uh, it, it, it continued and even gained a lot more momentum, you know, playing uh, national, you know, a national stage at UVA, which was cool. It's a cool nickname. And I spell it M-A-J-I-K, not like that. Yes, 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 exactly. I knew it was a different spelling. Yeah, exactly. It looks like my last name. So that's a cool brand. Well, those years, uh, Donnie, had to be, they were so instrumental. And I know, as I said, transitioning from the 83 team that finally turned the corner and went six and five. But then that 84 year was, you know, there were just uh, the two plays to me that defined the year was the John Ford catch at Virginia Tech and the Ray Daly interception in the Peach Bowl. So, but you were so instrumental. And I'll never forget the Saturday at Morgantown, if I'm not mistaken, 31 nothing. You go to West Virginia and just blister West Virginia. What was it about George and that 84 team that turned? For the, I mean, we really had some good players. We finally, I mean, we had some really talented players. And um, they, they started really buying into and learning George's system. And um, George was an outstanding coach. You know, he's a big disciplinarian. And, you know, he played the quarterback position, had a lot of knowledge. Uh, for me personally, I learned a lot from him, but, um, you know, he, he really got the guys to buy in what he was doing. And we had a, you know, a great offensive line with Jim Dombrowski and Bob Olderman, the late Bob Olderman mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, some other guys. And, and I mean, we had, you know, myself at quarterback and we had Howard Petty, Barry Word, you know, Antonio Rice was, was in there, uh, when he was healthy. Um, and it just, uh, you know, John Ford came and it was, it was the guys that, uh, you know, we really had maybe a little bit more talent than they had in the past. And we put it together. Yeah. Was some talent there. Antonio Rice and we had Jim Brosky on here as well. And then uh, just the stories there and you can see the evolution of UVA football. Cause you know, when I was there, we were two and eight and, you know, it was a party and all you're going to see the Sunday after the football game with all these uh, bottles of alcohol lined up on the, uh, <laughs> the uh, Scott Stadium, right. But yeah, but I think the evolution of you and, and uh, that crew you brought in turned the tide of UVA football for the for, for the better right, at that right. Point now, they hadn't been that good uh, prior right. to that right you know and that, and that was cool being that's really the coolest thing about uh 
what we did there at UVA, you know, you guys, uh, it, it, we were the stepping stone for, like you said, for things that really, you know, take it to the next level. But, uh, you know, to be the first team to ever go to a bowl game in Virginia's history and to, you know, have that great winning season and end up nationally ranked, uh, that was the first time in a long time that uh, people uh, in Virginia had something to cheer about for UVA football. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's one of the things I'm most proud of. And, you know, and also, uh, you know, Sean Moore, who was my predecessor, and uh, I took him under my wing and really, really showed him uh, a lot, you know, and um, he really listened and I knew he was going to be a great player. And, you know, like I said, after, after I graduated, man, he, he, uh, he took the reins and, uh, and really went to the next level with, uh, with all the talent they had. How much freedom did coach Welsh give you? None. <laughs> there was there was no uh, there was no freedom. I mean, we had an audible system, you know what I mean. But I mean, uh, you know, you said when we beat West Virginia, uh, you know, thirty-one nothing. I re- still remember my stats from that game because all we did was run the ball, ran the opposite. I was three for sixteen that game. Had had, had one touchdown to Zimo, but I mean that's ridiculous. You know, that's that's terrible. But he had to love the two way. As I said, you 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 were one of the first really guys that kind of started two way, and and you didn't uh, you didn't mind running, you didn't mind taking off. You found out later in the NFL that's probably not the way to play the game, oh, which right. which exactly. we'll talk about. But I mean, but so but Welsh was okay just picking up first downs, and if you didn't see it, you could go. If if the play wasn't there, you could go. Right? Yeah, I mean. Definitely, especially when he saw, uh, yeah, I had the ability to make something happen mm-hmm. and improvise on a broken down pass play or whatever. So he, you know, he was all for that, make, make plays, just be an athlete. And, um, and, you know, we did have an audible system, freedom to change plays, but, but not often, you know, I pretty much just ran what he called. So, you know, or the baseball cap was going to hit the sideline. Yeah. That's for sure. He was, yeah, for sure. You know, he was, yeah. he was such a terrific guy. And then Ralph, um, just one memory that I wanted to insert here too, because I talked about the John Ford catch. I used to have the picture where John Ford had caught that ball. It was at Virginia tech. It was fourth down, I think fourth and one, but uh, you were trailing at the time. And John Ford makes this catch with his fingertips, like at the one yard line, when you went to the sideline and George says, you know, let's make something happen. And he called a bomb to Ford yeah. Could you, were you surprised at the play call? Yeah, no doubt. I mean, that, that was so so out of character for George, but I think that's you know that's why it worked there. I mean, fourth and one, and and there was time on the clock yet. I think we we're, were like at midfield or something, you know. Yeah, and, yeah. And he called a play action pass, and you know I threw like a 40, 50 yard pass to Ford, <laughs> and I mean that's uh, yeah that was really uncharacteristic, and you know. Um, it was uh, a great play call, great, great catch by Ford. You know, the throw was pretty good too, but what was really cool about that game, Mac, was you know, that was the first game that I came in to play. I mean, that was the fourth game of the season, I believe. You know, Kevin Ferguson started the first Correct. game. And yeah. he struggled uh, in our last couple of games, and we went down quite a bit against Virginia Tech, and I came in off the bench and started to light it up, and that was uh, that's where I took over. So that, that was really memorable for me. That's where, That's where my career really started. Yeah, that turned that out to be a play that yeah, Ralph, yeah. that that turned out to be a play that really turned the another turned game that just, yeah, definitely, yeah definitely. that turned the season around mm-hmm. with the tech rivalry. And then, you know, then we went on. I don't I don't know how many games we won in a row after that, but it really yeah, it really changed things around because I mean, we we lost a, a home opener against Clemson that year, 55 nothing. It, it was a wee, but you didn't play in that game. No, so I didn't play in that game. Yeah, so I played on Fergie. Fergie's watchers, man. That was on Fergie. <laughs> uh <laughs> 
But now that's amazing that uh, Coach Welsh, I mean, you know, I, I can only, I watch some of the games, I can only imagine you in there, the audibles and things you change. Okay, well, it ain't working this run. That's it. And, you and know. Just, just passed. So nine times on 10 come to the bench, he said, okay, good play. Whatever. He might have been mad a couple of times, but I'm sure he got over very quickly. Yeah, man, no doubt. He 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 was uh man, he was like I said, he was a disciplinarian and he he loved that running game. And then when he and then when we he found out, you know, I was a I was a good option quarterback and man, we we ran the option really well. Um, you know, there at UVL, that, that was one of the the things that really separated us, I think, from a lot of other teams. There are a lot of teams that run the option, but I mean we the way we had it with myself and and Word and Petty, it was a threat. It was a threat, man. But uh you know, I definitely took beating, took my lumps, man. And uh, I wasn't the biggest guy, you know, so um, but we did what we had to do to win. And yep. that, that's what that's what mattered. I remember God. He came over to my house with his girlfriend, Kelly, Christmas. Well, she was hoping for an engagement ring and he got her four snow tires. <laughs> that's a good gift in Green Bay. I didn't know a lot about Brett, you know, but when he came into camp, the first couple of days I saw him, to be honest with you, I mean, I, I had a hard time believing that they gave away a first-round pick for him. Favre and Detmer, these guys were making up these stupid signs. 22 arrow, you know, we're doing shooting the arrow in Texas, man, we're doing a lasso, and Favre would just get sillier and sillier. The Winner Circle Network and the Sampson Family Foundation present Center Court with Hall of Fame basketball star, Ralph Sampson. Again, here's Ralph and Mac. Welcome back to Center Court on the Winter Circle Network. Our guest is Don Mikowski, the magic man who uh, played at uh, UVA, of course, and then was a 10th-round draft choice at the Green Bay Packers had a magical year. We're going to get into some of those Green Bay years. And then Donnie, after a severe injury in 92, became a trivia question. So we'll uh, we'll get to that as well. Donnie, we, I was talking about the Peach Bowl party and, and, of course, what happened after the win over Purdue. But do you have a favorite George Welsh story? Here's a... It, it's a, it's it's not a funny story, but it was at the time when it happened. But it ended up being pretty serious. But yeah, one one day in practice, we were practicing in the old you know Scott Stadium, and it had rained. And when they had astroturf, the field was really slippery. And George was having an issue the way I was running the option in practice that day. So he was at one point he got so mad he he went in the huddle, yanked me out of the huddle, and you know he played quarterback at Navy, mm-hmm. and he did not have turf shoes on, had some coaching shoes on and, and he called to play in a huddle and he was going to play quarterback and show me how to do it. And as soon as he took the snap and we're in full pads and he's not, he's just in, he's in street clothes and he took the snap. He, he, he went to ride the fullback and he just Im- immediately wiped out, slipped feet went off under him and he landed and tore every ligament in his, in his ankle. And I think he broke his ankle. Uh, and uh, yeah, it was a major injury, you know, mm. and uh, it was, it was dead silent at the time, you know, and he was so embarrassed. But uh, to his, uh, you know, to, to his toughness, man, he got up all by himself and he walked himself all the way off to the sideline so the doctors could check him out. So, yeah, that was crazy. man. That was, that was a crazy story. But, you know, <laughs> what also, Mac, I think I was the last uh, former player of his to see him alive. Um, yeah. I actually, about a month before he passed, and I hadn't been, you know, in the football office for a, lot, a long time. You know, just I, I got a son who's playing college. I've been busy and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I, I came to see uh, – I went to the football office about, well, a month before he passed. And I was in there with Jerry Capone. And I was asking Jerry, have you seen Coach Welsh around lately? And he's like, no, not for a couple of years. You know, he's, he's, he's not feeling great. And I think he was living in, in, a, 
facility. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't a minute after we talked about it. He came strolling in on, on, on his walker and came into Jerry's office. It was like crazy a coincidence. And George sat down with me and Jerry and we talked for 30 minutes. Wow. And he was just telling me, uh, you know, if I keep in touch with a lot of the guys and I said all of them. And that, that's what made him most happy. He said, man, that, that makes me so happy that you guys are still in touch and, uh, you know, uh, seeing everybody doing well and, and, and still having a relationship after we played. So it was a, a great, a great uh, meeting with them. It was about 30 minutes, you know, and I think that's probably the longest I've ever sat with them and really talked <laughs> uh, because, you know, George wasn't a very talkative man. And uh, that was so cool. I mean, he gave me a hug. He told me he loved me. And I told him I loved him, and that was the last time I saw him. And, then, yeah, it wasn't long after that he passed. Wow. What is it, and I'm going to ask Ralph, too, because, you know, with you here and you just talking about, you know, keeping up with the football guys, you're talking about the, the football reunion coming up. And Ralph has done the same thing with the Jimmy Millers and O'Thells and Rickies of the world and, and Rick Carlisle's, and, I mean, he yep. keeps up. And, and, Ralph, I'll ask you first, what is it about sports and staying in, staying in touch with the guys you, you went to war with? Well, no, that's uh, this question. So with us, the specialness of University Hall to me and show all of us, mm-hmm. we worked out in a small weight room. We didn't have these big weight rooms and facilities, whatever, like they have now. Right? I wish I wish I would have. Maybe I'd have been better. I don't know. But uh, I mean, they, they got chefs and people, a lot of them fixing food. And, all, you know, we had to go to Old Hill. We had to go to <laughs> Ken Johnson's cafeteria to eat, right? But right. the camaraderie in – University Hall, you know, running around the uh, oval up the top of st- running the steps, whatever. I mean, how many times did you run the steps in University Hall or work out there? So I think, and I want your, your opinion, Don, what do you think about that? Because I think that camaraderie, even with us, we built that camaraderie in University Hall. And I don't think any other school may have had that. And to my knowledge, they may have, but I don't, I don't know if they had to what we had. Yeah, no, I saw, I saw that. And I, and I knew, I knew a lot of you basketball guys and, uh, I, mean, I used to enjoy playing with you guys a lot, a lot of times, but I, I, I knew the relationships that you all had. It was a special a relationship, especially on a basketball team. There's so few guys that you guys uh, I'm sure have a special bond and uh, yeah, to have, uh, you know, to have you all be your place. I mean, especially you, Ralph. I mean, you know, they called it your house. That must've been pretty um, emotional when you guys saw it come down, but you know, it's just, it's just the way times are, you know, they had, no, they have to you know keep up with all the new facilities all the other colleges that are putting up right now to recruit and, and stay stay in the flow of things but um yeah football is the same way i mean but there's so many more guys uh it's hard to be as close with so many guys mm-hmm. you know but I mean, I mean i still have a ton of great friends you know from the football team that are still some of my best friends and yeah. i can't wait to see him uh this year at the uh uh, alumni weekend. It's going to yeah. be great. Yeah. Donnie, I know one of the assistants that you were very close to, and a lot of us were, because just the way he thought and talked football was uh, was Tom Sherman, and he was your quarterback coach for a long time, huh? Yeah, Coach Sherman was, he was my quarterback coach the entire time I was at UVA, but he was such a knowledgeable guy. He played, played at Penn State, and he played, you know, in, 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 in the pros for a while, Canadian Football League, I believe, and and Sherm was just a treat to work with, uh, brought such a, a, a knowledge to the game, like I said, and taught me so many things about the quarterback position, but he made it fun. I mean, if everybody, everybody knows Sherm, he's got such a great sense of humor, but it was the things that he really, really that stuck with me is what he taught me off the field. He was, he was a father figure to me, uh, 
when I was there in Charlottesville those four years. And he would make sure, I, you know, he'd have me over for dinner at his house and just talk to me about, uh, you know, life in general. And, and, and man, really give everything I had with an opportunity to play in the NFL and, you know, and set yourself up for life. He said, mm-hmm. not many guys have that opportunity. And that's one of the things that stuck with me most, man. He said, I mean, you'll have an opportunity to really set you and your family up, I mean, and make the most of it, you know, and, and I did. So I value uh, a lot of the tips that he gave me as a friend and as a coach. No, that's good stuff. And, and then of course, uh, after everything calms down and you finish your career, a 10th round draft choice of the green Bay Packers, were you a, were you a good rookie? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah was well, a good, what's a good rookie? I don't yeah. know. I'm, I'm... Were you hey, a man. quality rookie? First of all, <laughs> I hate, you know, you know what hurts, man. I'm kind of like Tom Brady. You know, he was a six round pick. Yeah. I, mean, I, I was, I would have, if I wouldn't have got hurt my senior in college, man, I would not have been a 10th round pick. And that kills <laughs> me, man. But I'll be humble here and I'll, I'll, uh, I, but I'll, I won't be prideful. But no, yeah. you proved everybody wrong. Yeah. That's it. But, <laughs> I, but I knew, you know, uh, after I got healthy and I got drafted, I knew I was a 10th round pick and I had a huge chip on my shoulder going in. And I was like, man, there's, they have no idea what they're going to get, what type of athlete they're going to get when I come into Green Bay, because I mean, nobody, I mean, nobody really knew what, I mean, I, I was a good football player, but I, mean, I could play hoops. I was, I ran track high jumps yeah, since yeah, 11. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I, I played baseball and uh, I was like, man, I was an all around athlete and I couldn't wait to get into an NFL pro style offense where I could uh, show them how I could throw the ball because we really didn't do that, you know, at UVA mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. of our, style of offense at the time so yeah I went there and was able to beat out the uh you know the the, the existing quarterback who had started the last five years and uh, I think I, they put me in my second game of rookie year and and then I you know made a nice run yeah the rest is history what did the scouts say to you what were people saying to you well they were just afraid because I, I don't know if you remember about my senior mm-hmm. year at UVA the third game of the season I separated my passing shoulder right and so you know my stock went way down I didn't play much the rest of the year and even if I did uh it wasn't very well because I, I was hurting man I remember playing the rest of the year hurt and then I went to the NFL combine and I still like it was only like a month after the season or two months in February and I, I couldn't do the bench press I wasn't ready to do bench so there was a big red flags you know and um that's what they were saying. I mean, you know, they were basically saying, are you going to be healthy or not? And your throwing arm is kind of scary. So there was a lot of skepticism. And, uh, but by the time I got drafted and went into camp and I was fine. You mentioned that chip on your shoulder. Talk to me about that chip because some people don't understand what that's like, especially when you are at the top of your game. Yeah. And and then, you know, so that's the first part of the question. And then also I believe you would be, I mean, before your time, right? Because there was nobody in college or, pro that could do the things you do throw pass and run as yeah. a quarterback and the right. all-around athlete that you mentioned right so what, what's that chip mean that you, you oh. took in the training room and you took with yeah. all the, I yeah. mean, you, you, you did that what's that like i guess the chip on the shoulder thing i mean that happened to me my entire career like you know i got hurt my senior in high school didn't get one scholarship offer so i had a chip there had to go to four <laughs> community military academy earn a scholarship I uh, went to UVA uh, my sophomore year. I was competing with Fergie and CQs, and I didn't start right away. It was a chip there. <laughs> and my senior year, after I'm playing, I'm starting, had a three good three-year career. I, I got hurt and uh, didn't get, you know, my draft stock went down, got drafted in the 10th round. Chip just got bigger and bigger, <laughs> you know. And, man, I, I, just, I just couldn't wait to uh, finally be healthy and just go into NFL camp and just show them, you know, finally what I knew I knew 
that I, what I could do, you know, and, and really be able to show off and, uh, and, and excel, you know, at, at the pro level and uh, surprise a lot of people. Fourth and goal from the 14th. Makowski looking, now stepping up, on the run. He's going to have to throw in the end zone. Throw it on, and touchdown! Sterling Sharp, he caught it! Further we have a Building a game plan for life. It's basketball and beyond. We return to center court with Hall of Famer Ralph Sampson. Welcome back to the Winner Circle Network and Center Court with Ralph Sampson. Donnie Mikowski is our guest, former Green Bay quarterback. As I said, Ralph, and of all the, the videos and the way people talked about Mikowski, he sets the league on its ear. But there were, you know, there was the haircut, there was the brashness, <laughs> there was the swagger, but he could play. And he, you know, he backed it up. And um, even, you know, there were a lot of people. Look, Magic, did you know you were doing things your way and becoming this? This all not only an all star but a star of the league. You were becoming kind of the fa- the the new face of the NFL. Yeah, it, it it came about that way, but it was I mean it was stuff that I was doing for a long time. But yeah, you know I started uh yeah I started growing the hair, you know, uh, <laughs> hanging out the helmet. And that was the you know what that's kind of, my mom since I ever played little league. My mom used to say I like when your hair comes out your helmet. So the I started doing it for my mom, you know, and then I, you know, then I, uh, you know, I would highlight it a little blonde and, it, and I just started doing different things. And with, I wore the eye black real high. I wore the big thick wristbands. I, t- I spatted, taped up my shoes, you know, um, looked, looked a little prettier than most of the quarterbacks, you know, but uh, it was an, <laughs> I worked on me. I'm not going to lie. I worked on to be different, but I had a swagger and little rock and roll in me. And yeah. You know, it was just, uh, you know, my teammates liked it. And I was just, but the main thing, I was just being myself. I really mm-hmm. was. I wasn't trying to be somebody else that I was. And uh, now that I'm older and I look back at some of that, I wish I could reel myself in a little bit and say, eh, maybe not with the, you don't need to blunt, uh, you know, highlight your hair. But uh, I did. I was young, you know, and I went through it. But it was, uh, it was fun, man. It was fun. When we, when we uh, started, really started having a lot of, when I started having a lot of success, then we did as a team, like by mm-hmm. my third year. It, all the hard work and all the uh, unfortunate injuries that I had to overcome to get to that point, man, it just, it was, uh, it was so rewarding, you know, for me. And uh, I, I felt very proud of what I accomplished because I had to overcome so much. Yeah. You mentioned before, so, so all the stuff you accomplished, all the chips on your shoulder, the hair and things you would change, <laughs> whatever, but give me two or three things that you would tell your son today to make that would make him successful. Because I get that yeah. question all the time. What, what advice would I give somebody? I said, I can't yeah. tell you your inside. I can't tell yeah. you what you're going to do, how you can take what I'm going to give you and how you're going to use it. So yeah. what have you given your son yeah. something over the years that now he uses yeah. well, uh, down at Liberty University where he's playing baseball? Yeah. That's a great question. Two things, two, two main things that I always tell him. The first one is that um, I can't make, I can, I can tell you all till I'm blue in the face what it takes to be great but I can't make you be great. You have to have that inner desire to want to work out when you don't want to work out, when no one's watching, you go put the work in. So I can't make you be great. You're going to have to do that. I can give you all advice in the world to help you, but you're going to have to do the work is number one. Uh, and, I, and number two is I always told them, learn how to be a, a humble winner and a gracious loser. You know, so you're going to go through your ups and downs, man. Don't don't get too high when you win. Don't get too low when you're down and kind of keep that even even keel. And, uh, you know, be humble when you win, man, because it's a humbling 
you know, it's a humbling. Sports are humbling and uh, yeah. learn from your mistakes and, and build on them. That's those are the two main things I always told them. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, those are great. Yeah. Great stuff. Yeah, for sure. Donnie yeah. Mikowski, our guest, uh, former Green Bay Packer, former Cavalier. So in 92, Donnie, when the, I think it was September 20th, um, well documented uh, the ankle injury against Cincinnati. And now all of a sudden a guy who was behind you. And if I'm not mistaken, you thought Ty Detmer and Brett Favre were kind of a joke, right? As they came into camp, it's like, who are these two guys that are, I'm going to try to mentor, huh? No, not, I mean, no, 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 no. I mean, Ty Detmer uh, was drafted, you know, later in the later rounds and they brought Brett in, uh, you know, his rookie year, he, he played in Atlanta, which he didn't play any, but you know, the, that 92 before the 92 year we traded mm-hmm. the number one draft pick to acquire him and when he first came into camp i'm just saying he, he was he was so raw and <laughs> he was so uh he was overweight you know he didn't keep in great shape he wasn't i mean really wasn't that professional and uh, didn't know how to study and uh, just i wasn't impressed and his his accuracy was right. not what it developed into and i had a hard time uh <laughs> believe when they traded a number one pick to get this guy it's like there's no way this guy's gonna play in front of me you know but then i got hurt and um you know and, and, and what's cool though brett and i we had a great relationship he, he's a funny as hell guy it's impossible not to like him and i was working mm-hmm. with him every day and uh him and detmer like when i was the star I'm, the, the 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 funny part like what you were saying is we used to have to make, you know, all these hand signals to signal in plays. We didn't have all the, you know, the radio signal in the plays, you know, mm-hmm. back then in 92. So had, it was like sign language. And, it, and and what was a joke is how silly and stupid they got with these signals, you know, <laughs> they were immature, man. But yeah, but to Brett, to Brett's credit, I mean, you know, after, uh, you know, I told him, Hey, listen, I got hurt. It's, it's your job to do the best you can. I'm not angry that I'm going to help you out. It wasn't his fault that I got hurt. So he had to go do his job and, uh, Man, he uh, he got better, uh, you know, as the weeks went by, and really, I helped him as much as I could. Homegrown asked me to kind of mentor him, and I did because mm-hmm. uh, we were all learning the, a new offense that year. But he did a great job, and man, as the years went by, if someone's going to take your place, Mac, I mean, it might, might as well be, be a, a Hall of Fame. A dude that was like, you know, he's yeah. got the longest playing streak, and yeah. uh, you know uh and become a first ballot hall of famer it's a le- little easier to swallow absolutely well yeah. it's gotta be it's gotta be a little fact because you talk about your history in high school to fork union to uva getting drafted in the 10th round all the stuff you know back then that you put into this magical package right yeah also then taking it to a brett fire which obviously you have some nuggets to teach him as well because right. he was very raw like you said going yeah. in so uh, i mean part of that hall of fame is probably yours Yep. Uh, as I was playing in an uh, all-star game, and Maddie Johnson was part of the MVP trophy of mine because I passed you the ball. I right. said, well, they gave it to me, but I'll share it with you, right? So <laughs> yeah. I, I get that exactly, piece of Exactly, exactly. I mean, yeah, I could take a little – I mean, just that one year when he took over from me, I mean, I, I was a – I was, you know, I was a good I was a good mentor or a good teammate, you should say. You know, right. I didn't hold anything against him, so I worked with him. And then, you know, uh, we worked together, and, and unfortunately, you know, uh, I left after that year. They they actually the Packers wanted me to come and, and be his backup. And uh, in hindsight, Mac and Ralph, mm-hmm. man, if I would have came back and, and been his backup, I could have collected a check for 16 years, man, just wearing a hat on backwards. <laughs> he didn't miss a game for 16 years, right. man. That would have been like best job in the world. But when I was young, when I was young, you know, I had too big of an ego. I, if I was going to be a backup, I said I got to go someplace else, you know, because right. I was already established starter. 
and uh, I, I couldn't swallow it at the time. Yeah, yeah you so could have been the remember. you could have been the clipboard guy, and then yeah, for Ralph, this the stat that I told you before we started today with Magic, and because when he talked on the phone, and since then you maybe you didn't realize at the time how beat up you were getting, mm. but what twenty three surgeries later, Magic, yeah. you're still. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you're kind of you can't walk through an airport, can you? No, no. Yeah, man. You, you know, uh, you hear about the, the stories, you know, uh, of retired players in the NFL. When you're younger, when you're playing, you know, you know, there's a there's a chance you're going to get hurt and the risk. But you're not it's not going to happen to you, you know. And boy, it did, you know, and, not, you know, that ankle that I hurt in 92 when Favre took over. Boy, it led to nine ankle surgeries. I, I now have that fused. I got 13 screws in that ankle, two titanium plates. My lower back is fused. I just had my neck fused uh, you know, about nine, 10 months ago. So I've got, you know, three levels fused, C4 through C7. And, uh, you know, I had shoulder injuries, elbows, never hurt my knees, but uh, nine ankle surgeries. So, yeah, everything else. And, and it's tough. I can't play golf anymore, which I was the avid golfer. I can't play tennis. I, was, I used to love playing tennis after I retired. Uh, a lot of things I used to do, like to do physically, you know, for mm -hmm. recreation, I can't do so. It's a limited life. I, you know, I can I can lift some light weights like Ralph said he does. So that keeps me in in, in, in decent shape. And I watch my diet. And uh, so at least I haven't blown up. You see a lot of that come out. I know. I know. Man. So I'm doing OK with that. But when people see me, they're like, man, you, you have a you look weight. great. You right? look you great, look man. I'm like, yeah, from the outside, man, from the outside. But they don't in, even in the inside, uh, you know, I had went through a lot of lot of um over the years after i retired i went through some dark times man a lot of difficult times with depression sure. trying to trying to get over all these injuries and you know get involved in different things with the medicines and so forth and uh you know wasn't good you know so uh you know actually i think i'm well i, I am I'm, i've been doing some some research and i've been meeting with a lot of different authors i am just starting my process i'm going to write a book Oh, now see oh, who brought awesome. wait a minute who brought that, who brought that to the table to you about about five years ago? You I know, know? <laughs> yeah. and and the title of it is under further review, right? Didn't after, we decide after, after further review. after further review? Yeah. But here's the here's the deal, Max. I, I don't want to just to talk about. I don't want the book just to be about my athletic career. Right. I, I want the book to be about my athletic career and a lot of things I overcame mm. to. Uh, yeah, good for you. To be an influence and have an impact on some younger guys and younger players, but. It's, it's what happened after the game, you know, and it's a common story. It's, uh, I mean, I went through some dark times and I want to talk about the dark times that I went through and I just wasn't ready to do it until really, really recently. And, uh, you know, that's it, great stuff. It's the way you have to bring up your, your dark stories and your pain from the past. That's really going to be impactful on players and, or for any people that read it. And, uh, that's going to be my new purpose. And I think that's you know, awesome. I was looking for that for a long time. That's awesome. Did it help you become a leader and the leader you are today? What's that? The what, uh, just the whole experience and your whole yeah, your oh, whole yeah, football whole... life. No doubt, no doubt. And you know, I've always had that being a leader and being you know the quarterback, that the the main focus of an organization of a team. And uh, you know, when you when I retired and that was gone, boy, it, it left a black hole inside my soul. You know, and I just I, I could never find anything to replace it that I was so passionate about. And I mean, this is a common story for a lot of athletes. You no, know? it's just nothing will replace you know, playing in front of 80,000 people. But, you know, I, I, I've learned how to, uh, you know, work on my spirituality. God plays a huge part of my, in my life right now. And, 
has been a part of all my recovery and all this. And uh, it's going to be a big part of what I write about. That's awesome. Do, do you do you think so? I hear that a lot. So one of the things uh, I know there are, are at UVA and the new medical center, they, uh, and, and Debbie Ryan is uh, leading this charge as far as making the, the desk there, the Suzanne Haney desk, right? Front oh, desk wow. where everybody checks in. Yeah. But also I think they are trying to, which I, I need to get more involved with as well. I mean, we, we take a beating in college. I mean, right. you know, especially when, I mean, when no load management with these other devices on where you can't work out, you can't practice. So to me, they should also come back and because we, we put our bodies and, and pretty much our career on the line when we play in college, right? Because yep. it's 24 seven, you have to play, practice, lift weights, et cetera, right? Right. There were no time clock on practices and all that kind of stuff, right? right. So it should be something from a university perspective, I think that will give back to us athletes and kind of take care of health wise because yeah. we don't, we, we, we don't have that after we go, yeah. go, go, unless you play in the NFL, right. Or you get a job, you don't have that right. ability. And the UVA hospital is one of the best in the country. So I think they should be doing something. I think that's happening in some respects, but uh, we, we'll look into that more, but I know they should try to give back to some way to us that, that played there a little bit because our health is our, is our livelihood. Right. Yeah. That'd be great. And, you know, especially, you know, I mean, physically, you know, physical health, but, you know, what, uh, what I'm, you know, and I'd love to get involved with that as well, you know, but I really like to get involved in the mental health side yeah. of it too. You well, know? That's the Bob Rotella yeah. stuff, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. The mental health part is yeah. what, uh, you know, affects the former players the most, I think. I mean, physically as well, but mental health, man, I, I talked to so many former, I know football players for sure. I mean, they're all my friends, guys are struggling, man. Guys are really right. in bad shape, you know, and, and now that uh, they're finding all this out with, with head traumas and all these concussions and CTE and stuff, you know, um, it's 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 a serious issue. So it, it'd be cool to be involved in some, something like that as well. Donnie, it's been great. All right, guys. Hey, man, I, I had so much fun. Sticks, great catching up with you. And uh, Mac, always, man. Always. Pleasure, buddy. We'll continue with more right after this. To get into sports casting, you need experience just to get your foot in the door. I can't tell you how many times in my career somebody will ask me, how do I get into your business? How do I become a sportscaster? The first thing I ask is, what have you done? Do you have any experience? And the answer is normally nothing yet. It's because they couldn't find a program that provided the real world experience that you need to get started. So I set out to create a program designed for the next wave of sportscasting talent. And my partner was an obvious one, Full Sail University. Great track record in entertainment and media, great alumni group, and the ability to evolve as the industry changes. We're offering a bachelor's degree that combines the professional expertise that my fellow sportscasters and I have built our careers on with the technologies shaping the world of sports. To succeed in this business, you have to be ready for what's next. But the core of great sportscasting I don't think will ever change. And this program brings it all together. Welcome back to Center Quarter on the Winter Circle Network. And Ralph, I've had, uh, as I said, enjoyable conversations uh, every week, really, on this show. It couldn't have got better than with, with Donnie Minkowski, and it was just so good to hear. Uh, the 24 surgeries, I know, has been real taxing on him, and it's probably limited a lot of things that he wanted to do in life. But, boy, he gave his heart and soul to the game of football. He loved the game, that's for sure. When we talk about magic, magical, the magic man at UVA, I mean, you know, I'm asking, you know, you know, and, and you look at back at his career, whatever, and you look, 
at UVA and even in the NFL, the lineman must not have been that good because he was getting killed in the backfield, you know, <laughs> and uh, all those injuries and whatever. But, you know, life after it, I'm sure, is uh, challenging, especially when you play the game of football because you get beat up as a quarterback. I mean, you know, we look at the guys like those Joe Thiersman and other guys that played that position that got beat up sitting back there like a major target. So I'm glad he's doing well, and uh, the interview was amazing. So, uh, hey, what can you say about, you know, the first guy and it's pro uh, bowl game at UVA, et cetera. All the stuff that we know about and love at UVA, he's one of one of a kind. Yeah, he accomplished a lot. Well, there's uh, a lot going to be happening in September, as we said at the very beginning of the show, at the top that uh, with football underway and, uh, you know, it, it, it got uh, kicked off in major fashion. September 28th, you've got another uh, tournament coming up in Harrisonburg. Yeah, we're doing another. It's called the Ralph Sampson Classic, another uh, club team AU type tournament. It's a two-day event, three games guaranteed, et cetera. So I'm looking forward to that at Horizon's Edge in Harrisonburg. So promoting that, putting that around the East Coast country and three or four hours away and all these little walks of life. So you guys out there, if you have a team you want to play, actually we'll have one of our teams that we've had built play as well. We have a girls team and a boys team now in the high school area that we have put together for the last number of months. So we look forward to seeing how they're going to play this year uh, in their first tournament. So it should be fun to watch, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Let's back up here. You <laughs> put a team together, you recruited? Were you on a recruiting yeah, so trail? That we it, don't... <laughs> it, 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 I'm not on a recruiting trail yet. So, you know, in this whole – I never – when I played, we never had club team. We had five-star basketball camps, so forth and so on. But my sons played in AAU club team, which they didn't like. Mm -hmm. We had five stars and stuff like that. So we decided to build one. So we have uh, academics, uh, life life skills, nutrition, and workouts, right? All impactful mm -hmm. into this thing. And Mac, we're going to build a website site so people out there want to be a part of it, but it can't be in Harrisburg. We'll have a sign up for that as well. well. That's coming soon. But I had a guy come to us. I want our team to play in your program but he was just looking forward to only free gym space. Well, I said, we practice at these times and the kids got to have their academic. I said, no, my kids might not want to do that after school and do that. I said, well, you're not the right team for us. Oh, how about so that? I don't care if the kids get beat by 40 points, but they'll get some lessons learned as we know the game of sports, a game of basketball would teach them other than getting on there competing and traveling to all these events and getting not, not much out of it. So I'm excited about that. Uh, I, I love the I love the ground rules that you are are putting down. So next week, looking forward to next week, a, a guy that uh, was on a lot of baseball fields in his career, and we'll have a story or two. Charlie Manuel is going to be with us next week, and uh, that's going to be some fun. So uh, yeah, he's excited. Uh, he's excited, Mike. He's excited for being on the show. So I'm looking forward to him as well. Yeah, me too. Well, hey, have a good week. The NFL starts this week as well. So you just uh, kick back and try to get some things done. We'll talk to you next week. All right. For Ralph Sampson, I'm Mac McDonald. That's Center Court on the Winner's Circle Network. You've been listening to Center Court with Hall of Fame basketball player Ralph Sampson. Our podcast is available on the Believe Network at BLEAV.com. Center Court is presented by the Winner's Circle Network and the Sampson Family Foundation. For more information, log on to SampsonFamilyFoundation.org. Uplift. Empower. Educate. Teamwork makes the dream work.
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.